Hello, and thanks for watching or listening to episode 38 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you're downloading and having a listen on Spotify or iTunes, if you can leave a review, great, because it helps those um, global giants um, give us a little bit more of a push. So if you can do that, myself and my co-host, John Evans, would appreciate it. Are you okay there, John? I'm very good, uh, Steve, in dull. Really old them, not like some of us sunning it up in our uh, million pound properties abroad. <laughs> I don't know about that, mate, but it's a lot better here than old than what I'm hearing. The weather is in Ashton today. And with us, a man who's not far from you in Bolton. He was a, he was a, what you say, more than decent fighter. He's very knowledgeable on boxing. He can talk and he's doing all right for himself <laughs> as a trainer in Bolton. It's Alex Matvienko. Alex, thanks, sir. Thank for- you. Thanks for affording us some time this evening. And uh, no, thank you. Thank, thanks for inviting us. And if people aren't familiar with you, they're still going to learn about you tonight because uh, John will back me up on this. You can talk. <laughs> yeah, I do like talking a little bit. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing. It's good. Don't worry about that. Yeah, you've uh, well, people who might not know Alex, but probably from outside the northwest, we might have seen you in the odd corner, Alex, but. You've lived and breathed it, haven't you? you know, you've been in the gym with all the names, shared the ring yeah. with all of them, and build it like Steve said, bring it, building your own name as a trainer, and I believe going into a little bit of co-promoting as well. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Obviously, with with some of the stuff that's happening now, with uh, you know the easing on the lockdown, yeah, definitely something we wanna we wanna do now and incorporate it in with our, our gym and our fighters. Definitely, yeah, take the plunge. Brilliant. I didn't know you were going into promoting, but uh, <laughs> I think you're mad because every small promoter's mad and there's yeah. guys been doing it for years, you know, and obviously people like Steve Wood, Carl Greaves, who we have on the show, yeah. you know, they're having some su- they have success with fighters, but how long it take, it's taken to get success yeah. is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think I just like making my life harder than easier. So. <laughs> well, if you're going to promote it, you're certainly making it harder. But how we work yeah. on this, um, Alex, because um, you're new to us, we chat for three minutes each subject. And at the end of three minutes, John gets very angry. What happens after three minutes, John? Then you get cut off. You re- he rings a bell and you stop mid-sentence. And I know that's something you're not used to doing. And you'll certainly never stop <laughs> mid-sentence. I've seen you when people try to stop you. Um, round one, John, over to you. And you want to chat about something that's happening this weekend? Yeah, it's the, uh, the BT show, isn't it? The first um, BT show for a little while since the break. And I think it's a show where every fighter on the card's got something to prove. You know, we've got uh, Lyndon Arthur's going to head the bill. He, he didn't capitalise on his um, victory over the yard because of injury. But Lyndon needs to bring himself back into the forefront of people's minds. You know, I think he's he's got to prove that he's he's that level. It wasn't just a one-off because he will have doubts until he proves it again. Yard's got tons to prove, hasn't he? You know, he I thought he fought terribly against Lyndon. He's got to show that he's still explosive. He can still take people out. He's still got that fire inside him. Um, young Dennis McCann. I think Dennis is a phenomenal talent, a tremendous boxer, but it's just been, it's just come off a boil a little bit recently. I'd love to see the old Menis back, you know, let's get a highlight reel knockout and get the momentum behind little Dennis back. And then Zach Parker, he's got to prove that the momentum and attention and the hype that he's starting to generate, that he's, he's worthy of it. I think he is, but Zach's, you know, he, he looked really good on his debut for BT. Now he's got to show that he really is the goods. 
So I think every fighter on the bill has got something to prove this weekend. I think the one who's really got it to prove, and it's not good to put pressure on a youngster, is Dennis McCann, because in the last couple of fights, I don't think he's looked that menace. You know, he's, he's almost he's changed his style a little bit. You know, he, he's gone boxing, he's gone defensive. I, I, I want to see the, the man who was a wrecking machine, who, who's not six months ago, was being spoken of as a... Uh, a real world, a world champion certainty. I don't know what you what do you think of the weekends coming up, Alex? Um, four good fighters. Um, they're all looking to improve. Obviously, like John says, someone's looking to steal the show. Zach Parker looked good against the American. Uh, Devin Alexander's brother, who was obviously experienced. Uh, Yardy's brought James Cook, and he the former yeah. you know, British champion and stuff. So they're looking at changing camp. Like you say, McCann was really hyped and now sort of, you know, he, he obviously wants to make a statement. And like you say, Lyndon, Lyndon really, he boxed very well. He stayed off the ropes. I was surprised how good he was staying off the ropes and keeping Yardy off. But I think there was a hand problem. I mean, I've never asked Pat or anyone or Lyndon, but I think there was a hand problem. And like you say, maybe now they want to show that they can be explosive, not just very good defensively as well. You know, really good offensively as well, because obviously he can punch. So, yeah, it's a good build. It's exciting, exciting times. Especially Zach Parker. I like him as well. He, he's a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, I, I really like him. And I think John was telling me earlier, you were speaking to Frank Warren, weren't you, John? And he's quite, he's really sold on him, isn't he? Yeah, he's, I, he said it's like uh, when your football team signs a free transfer you've never heard of and all of a sudden, you know, it turns out that they're the, the star. He's, Frank's uh, high on Zach at the minute. But like I say, when you get a card where they've all got something to prove, they're all against fake opponents, you might just get something special from one of them. Um, round two, um, Mikey Garcia. And I, you know, this is something I really wanted to get, bring Alex in on. Um, he's had a top career with all the world titles he's won. But where should he be? You know, it, right now, I think he should rule. He's 40 and one. But I can't help thinking he should already be an all time great and a first-time a Hall of Ballot. You know, he had that row with top rank, and that killed him for two and three-quarter years, 2014 and 16. And he's come back, and he's won world titles at different weights, but he's more known for the loss to Spence than what he's done since he come back after the split with top rank, you know, where he's had the wins over men like Broner and Jesse Vargas. You know, and now it looks like Regis Progray next. I'm just wondering where his career is and where it's going. I think people dwell on the negatives instead of the, the positives in boxing, unfortunately. People look at records. When records are, are for DJs, look at some of the older fighters. I mean, more recent years, Bernard Hopkins lost his debut and people like that. When people get a loss, everyone seems to write them off and it's quite... And, and they forget about the good wins, as you said, you know, the brawners and stuff. And it is a bit of a shame. You feel sorry for fighters. There's a lot of pressure on keeping that off. And I think even the fighter feels a lot of pressure. And I don't know, I don't like the way that it's become. You know, like we, we see we see fighters get their own, they start getting written off or they're getting used as a gatekeeper. And it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. As you say, he's a great fighter, lovely to watch. You know, them Mexican-Californian fighters are, are really good fighters to watch. I used to love a guy called Antonio Diaz. And, and he had a lovely style. He never won the made world title. He come against Mosley and that, but his style was always really good to watch. And like Garcia, it's a lovely style to watch and everyone forgets about his skill set. They all seem to just talk about the loss and everyone seems to forget, like you say, about 
you know, about his great career that he's had, and he and he's still capable of having. Yeah, phenomenal. Like, the thing, the point where I think Mikey Garcia could have really cemented himself. Do you remember when he came back and he fought as Latter Canning? The light WBC lightweight. It was brilliant. Polaxed him with that right hand, and Zlatan Canning's a good fighter. And then he just started chasing. He went too far up in weight and started chasing money. If Mikey Garcia could have cemented himself at lightweight, I, I agree, Steve. I, I certainly think he's one of the great, most talented of a modern era, but he's just not had the fights to prove it. He probably is a 140 now, and I love Pro Gray, and Pro Gray and Garcia's a, a surefire hit, isn't it? I just hope Mikey dedicates himself for a couple of years. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant fight. But again, it's one of those. He should be in fights that the world are watching now. What that is, yeah. is that the, a, a high-end, brilliant, brilliant trade fight that we're excited about. But where do you get a casual... Where do you talk a casual into watching that, John? Uh, round three. Um, your first topic, Alex. And you're, you're excited by um, the Foster Cunningham fight that's coming up next in August. Well, we've just been talking about losses and draws and a bit of a scattered record. You look at Cunningham and he falls into that category. You know, he's fought some good lads. And same with Foster as well. I think Foster got a draw with Brett Fido, who's obviously one of the most well-known uh, lads on the circuit at the moment. And so you can't break these two guys are getting better. You know, you can't say, oh, you know, they've, they've got as good as they're going to get. These guys are getting better. Cunningham boxed absolutely brilliant. Again, like we mentioned, Lyndon stayed off the ropes with Yardy. I felt, I felt like uh, Cunningham did so well staying off the ropes. He was rolling out brilliantly. Yafai couldn't cut the ring down, couldn't hold him down. You know, he, he boxed absolutely brilliant. Again, you know, similar to Lyndon, stayed off the ropes, rolling out, you know, and, and, and hurting Yafai, hurting uh, coming in and, and everything else. He, it's a great fight. Foster's good as well. He's coming up. You know, I think he had, what was his record earlier on in his career? He'd, um, he was winning. He had that one draw with Brett. That, yeah, the Brett and uh, yeah. So, sorry, it was Cunningham who, who had a bit of a Cunningham, yeah, the Brett, as well. yeah, yeah. But they've both progressed. So this has the makings of two guys getting towards you know. But I think Cunningham's thirty-one though, is he or something like that? What yeah. what, what age is um, Brett? Twenty-three. Um, Watson, yeah, twenty-three. So he's obviously. You could see it with the Lucian fight. He's he's growing into it now. But makings of a good fight. Real, they're the fights that we want to see as fans, definitely. How, how, how well has Brad Foster done to come from kickboxing? Win a Lonsdale belt really? outright. Oh, yeah. the part, you know. And he, he doesn't yeah. look like a kickboxer the way he holds himself. He, he's a boxer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Big, big good guys. And you know, what's just converted perfectly. What a, what a start he's had to his career. He's having like seven seven title fights in was it sixteen fights? But I don't know if you, you guys know him. And whenever I talk to him, he's a lovely guy. But I always get the impression boxing's his job. It isn't something he goes home and talks about. It's his job. He's good at it. It is quite fascinating. And that's the impression I do get from him. But he's getting better and better. And Cunningham, the, the, the performance against Gamal Yafai, this Brilliant. tells you what the fight is. This reminds me of the old 80s fights and the 70s fights we yeah. used to have on the Mickey Duff shows on Grandstand on a Wednesday night when there were British and European titles. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Pro proper, proper fight. And I think, I believe the fight's going to take place sometime in August. And that's the sort of fight I'm excited about. More, yeah. than, more than most this Definitely. year. It's mad because I'm a bit of a boxing geek, I suppose. And I know yeah, you yeah. two would be the same. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Over right, to you, um, John. Yeah, when that you, you know when this group of welterweights emerged about five or six years ago, Porter and Spence and my favourite, Furman. You know, he, he's a brilliant interview. He's got great quotes, great lines. He was a tremendous puncher, and he seemed like he was obsessed on glory, Keith. The other thing, people who listen to this regularly might have clicked on, but one thing I like in a fighter, I like spite and I like coldness. I like pe fighters who can switch that on. And I don't think there's a more spiteful and cold fighter than Terence Crawford. Um, Terence, again, another fighter who seemed like he was that on glory. All he wanted to do was fight. And if you told me two or three years ago that these two guys would have just let their careers almost peter out, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, Thurman was talking the other day saying he'd never heard of Jaron Ennis. He don't want to fight Virgil Ortiz. I believe Crawford's not fighting till October. So the perfect solution here is these two missing men of a welterweight division, get them together. Let's find out that Crawford and Thurman's a good fight. Get them both back active again. If Thurman don't want to do it, he may as well pack it in. And if Crawford don't want to fight a, a guy like Thurman, I, I don't know what he's doing in the sport. Let's get Crawford against Thurman for a real crowd pleaser. I'm all for that fight, 100%, John. But you know what I think the problem is with Furman? And I, and I did know this from the top of my head. I'm not one of these who tell you I knew it. For, I checked this out when you told me you wanted to speak about it today. Since, um, oh, since, oh, how many years now? I think it's something like, I wrote this down. Two, year, two years this month since Pacman, And since the Danny Garcia win in March 2017, He's only he's only ever fought was Osito Lopez. There's something like you know that is ridiculous inactivity. But in the three years prior to Garcia, he fought Colazo, Guerrero, Bundo, Julio du Julio Diaz. Now it was all money fights because that was the early days of PBC when all the money was slushing around. So I won't mind betting he amassed all his money then, and he might be seeing what the market is now and thinking I'm bigger than this. Alex? Yeah, I, th I think you're completely right. I think I think he's lost a little bit of fire in his belly. And like you say, the inactivity doesn't help. I was looking at Razor Rudder today at his record and I'd seen like he'd been very inactive after the Lewis fight. He had one fight, I think, and then went in with Tommy Morrison about three years later, two years before that from the Lewis. You know, and it's no good, the inactivity. I'm not sure what his reasons were, but I do feel like Berman's more because of I feel like he's lost a little bit of hunger. I've, I, and I've put my money on Crawford, to be honest. I do. And I do feel sorry for Crawford because I feel like he's got a little bit more fire in his belly at the moment. Yeah. I just can't believe he's been sat on the shelf. I, I honestly think with Crawford, one of the greatest fighters of our the last 25 years has just yeah. been allowed to go to waste, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Round five, my final my final topic, plastic or proper? And this is something, again, Alex, I, I was thinking of Alex when I come up with this topic. IBF, WBO, European titles, he sort of silver internationals, whatever you call, you call them. Now, Jack Messi is already high-end European class, but he won the, the IBF version of the European crown this weekend against Engine Karakarplan. It does nothing for him that fight. It gives him a belt. It's not a major title, and um, you know what? Yeah, you know what? What does he get from beating a guy? I don't think it's won since 2015. It gets them a world ranking, but it's all about just sanction fees. These these IBF titles, um, IBF and WBO European titles. You know, a journalist the other day said, "I'm interviewing Jack 
Oh, this isn't a knock at Jack. He's a terrific fighter, and he could even fight for a world title. He's heavy-handed, a handful. Um, you know, journalist said, when he's the European champion, I'm going to interview him. And you're not European champion by winning these IBF and WBO belts. Yeah. And it really, and it's no slant on the fighters. You know, Jack's, Jack's, you know, getting close to world class. You know, other guys like Bradley Skeet held them. It doesn't, you know, they're, they're just not major belts. And it's really, it's a really being a gripe with me. Now, maybe that's because uh, me and myself and Alex were talking before we started the pod you know i'm a bit more old school but it really it really is a gripe to me i think a lot of it is the selling point for the tickets the fans it's quite hard these small old shows and i i agree with you i'd love to see the central area the british the commonwealth the european that route with the politics and and the the money involved and trying to sell a ticket as you say these people look at this ibf belt to them it's an IBF world title or an, a European champion when really us guys who do understand more about the boxing, we understand that it's more of a, you know, it gets them in the ranking, it's more of a title, but it is a selling point. So there's your pros and cons. For us diehard fans, we're more, do it the old school way. For the new guys, it's, you know, like, my mate's a European champion, you know. So there's pros and cons. I understand, and but I understand from the business sense as well. I do understand. The, the European but, title for me is a blue ribbon with a gold buckle on it. That that's the European title for me. Yeah, um, completely. The people who make these WBO European belts don't even look like they give a shit about, and we're all wrinkled, aren't we? We look the cheapest, the cheapest belt in the shop. But no, yeah. I agree with you both. You know, it, it is what it is, isn't it? They, they sell these fights as European title yeah. fights to sell tickets. The fighters, no, they're not a European champion. Yeah, you know what? I think, you know, I, you know, I feel quite strongly, but I do take Alex's point on view. And when you're promoting, Alex, if you get the chance to promote one of these, because yeah. it helps sell yeah. your show, now you're becoming a promoter yeah. and losing every penny you've yeah, got. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, final round, Alex, something you are involved in all the time. A lot of your fighters starting them. Small hall boxing's back in September. Take us away. Brilliant. Small O's excellent. We all know Steve Wood uh, personally and what he does for Small O, for the, for the area, for the for the fighters. Boxing wouldn't be where it was without Small O. We've got, we've seen some great fights in the Northwest. Um, Paul Drago, Lewis Cuddy, uh, Martin Granger, fought Mike Stafford, Wayne Adieni Caldil, it's all promoted by, uh, by Steve. Some great Small O. It's the best thing for boxing. It's the, for the diehard fans, for the upcoming fighters, it's for everyone. Yeah, yeah. back in September, aren't we? Steve's got five shows lined up in September. And the first one, the fight with Nathan Bennett and Kane Gardner. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. That's the type yeah. of fights and stuff that we've been missing. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's a tremendous... I mean, the biggest problem I think is going to be... Uh, is you know, I'm not sure Alex are, are appreciate this as much as anyone. So you'll have, a, I'm sure you got he, he's got a lot of kids going to be out, or a few kids going to be out September, October. Is matching these kids. There's not going to be enough to go around, not enough opponents to yeah. go around. You're going to be getting, you know, playing some Riga and let Lithuania coming in. I think every week to Manchester, full of these fighters because there's just no one that you. There's not going to be enough journeymen around because all the big shows. Yeah. Well, it's been, Steve Goldwyn's going to be non-stop. 
Kevin Marie's putting shows on. You know, there'd be other fight zone shows over in Sheffield. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be absolutely chaos. But you know what? Yeah. It's brilliant because it means yeah. there's boxing back every week and it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Keeps the fighters active, keeps everyone happy. You know, Steve Woods' shows are brilliant, aren't they? They yeah. are brilliant. It's good to get all the lads together. You know, it's good to see everyone have a crack. It's the I, I love the small hole. I've been on the big ones, I've been on the small hole, and I love the small hole. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to tell you he's going to do well out. I tell you he's going to do well out of this for journeyman. Uh, I believe someone got yeah. one of them three grand for a four rounder. Whoa! Really? I tell you what, if a journeyman got three grand for a four rounder at the weekend, he is my hero of the week. It's absolutely made my day. That's the sort of stuff I want to hear that every week. Journeyman copping 3K for doing four yeah. rounds. And I bet that journeyman, obviously you can't name him. I bet he got through his fight easily as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they deserve it. The hardest workers in, in, in the sport, aren't they? Up and down the country, work, work hard. Yeah, they, they, they absolutely deserve it more, more, more than most. And uh, that look, it's just great, you know. You know, lot, you know, announced today in England, Britain that you know, in England certainly locked all that everything's going to be back to normal. And I think we just got to, you know, get as many of these small shows in because who knows where we're going to be later in the winter again. And I just hope the fans, you know, you appreciate money's tight that the fans that do come out and support these shows. Yeah. And buy tickets because I know some small halls are having problems with venues insisting tickets are bought online. Yeah, be a pain. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I think people are itching to get out. That's what we're all hoping, aren't they? People are itching to socialise, get out, have a drink. And if they are, the atmosphere will be great again. Well, yeah. we'll talk about that very quickly. We've got a, a minute left, haven't we? Have you heard this, Alex, about um, venues insisting on not paper tickets? You've got to download an app and scan a barcode. Now, that, that's a potential major problem, that for small, or because it's built on people selling tickets in pubs to the yeah. mates. No, I never knew. Yeah. On it. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of one small hall show in September. In case I've heard wrong, so I don't want to name who it is. He's, he's scrapped his show because it wasn't an app, but all sales are online through the venue. And I think... Um, the, the, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if it's causing any problems, but I know the Joe Joyce show... Uh, Wembley in a couple of weeks, you've got to download an app. You have got to, to, to get a ticket. Fighters can't sell paper tickets. So you've got that. But I, I, but I think Steve Wood was lucky for his shows. He's allowed to sell paper tickets as long as he prints them himself, yeah. not the venue. So, it, you know, there yeah. is going to be some chaos, but I think there's got to be a little bit of leeway. You know, bo boxing's, boxing's a sport that's run differently like no other. Football fans are used to buying online. Rugby fans, cricket fans. You know, boxers are used to getting money off their mates who are in the pub on a Friday night when they've been paid and handing over the yeah. ticket. It's run like no other sport, and people have got to understand that. But, you know, yeah. these, these venues do have to appreciate that because that's affecting punters coming in their venues and spending money at the bar. That's how you sell your ticket. You socialise with the fans. You knock on, you go in and have a brew. You drop five tickets off for him and his pals. You know, that, that's just how we've always done it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, they have to take things into account. That, that's how fighters do it. <laughs> Imagine you in your day. Sorry. 
I was going to say the same thing. How many tickets did you knock out in Icon in Bolton on a Friday night, uh, Alex? Yeah, you know you've got that. That's how we do it. You can't have the the, the biscuits, but you can have a brew with no sugar, and you've got to sit. You know that's how you see your friends and you socialise. It's crazy the way it's going, but they need to be understanding and looking into a bit of detail that this is the business. This is how it's running. They've got to be understanding, you know, and they need these venues. They do need the the clientele, they do need Steve Wood at the Reebok and stuff. They, they really are screaming out because they've lost, hospitality's lost out big time. So they need to bend over backwards a little bit, you know, and, and be a bit more understanding. Yeah, I can imagine you, Alex, when you were selling tickets, going to some club in Bolton, 11 o'clock on a Friday night, when everyone's absolutely lagging and writing down, <laughs> writing down a website address, www.ticketmaster.co.uk, but backslash Alex Matvienko, yeah, you'll get yeah, a buy yeah. ticket, yeah. That's going straight in the bit. <laughs> that yeah. bit of paper was used to write some girl's yeah. number on, I should think, by the lads. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> Alex, you've been a brilliant guest this week. You have plenty to Thank say. You. You're a good talker. John, great we've seen seeing you again, even though I'm not next door to you as I usually am, Mike Ashton. But um, I'm, I'm in pastures new for now. Um, I'll speak to you next week, John. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. And thank you, Alex, again. You're a top Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's been great seeing you both. Thank you very much. Thanks. For all boxing. Info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP, Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.